Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Deep True Crime, where we dive deep and see what went on in that case. And in today's episode, we're continuing the case against Barry Morphew. And this is part 6B. We're breaking up this part with the FBI interviews so that you don't get overwhelmed with so much information to follow because a lot of us are following very closely to the case against Barry Morphew because we're wondering what happened to Suzanne. And so I've been sharing the affidavit with you guys, adding some visuals so that you have a better understanding as to what happened to Suzanne Morphew. And we start this interview on March 1st of 2021. In this interview, Barry again significantly altered his prior statements to adjust to evidence presented to him. He said he turned left on Highway 50 as he left the house on May 10th to see where elk were going, which put him in the direction of Suzanne's helmet. This admission to Special Agent Harris was the first time Barry admitted to turning left on Highway 50 away from the Broomfield route. This accounts for the missing mileage from his return to trip home from the Broomfield Hotel. See, Barry's odometer registered a 183 mile trip to the hotel that morning, including about two miles of deviations and a 167 mile trip on the same route home. This was an approximate 14 extra miles. The interview begins with Special Agent Harris. He explained to Barry that sometimes questions shed light on things and helps investigators know where not to look for Suzanne as well. Mr. Harris states there are things about his truck we are wondering and asked Barry when he left for Broomfield, did he turn right or left onto Highway 50. Barry said, yeah, there was a herd of elk in the road and there was one bull and he was a nice bull. And they all went up to the gully there where that old washed out road is and they went up there. And I'm like, oh, I wanna see how big this bull is. And I turned down there and, and they crossed right in front of me and then I went down to the Garfield turnaround and then went to Broomfield. Special Agent Grusing asked what Garfield is. And Barry said, it's a little town before the ski town, little ski town. And Mr. Grusing asked if it was before Monarch. Barry said, yeah, I turned around right there. And Special Agent Grusing, he, he explained that agents have checked and hadn't seen Barry or others go past the Monarch camera. Barry said, yeah, I didn't. I turned around there. I turned. I, I went that way because I saw those elk. They were in the road right there before I got up to 50 and I let them cross. And then there was one good bull in there and I, and I like man and i just miss seeing how good he was yeah no i'm a hunter and i just wanted to see him and i just turned that way to look at him that's yeah that's that's the only thing and when i went to broomfield i told joe and derek everywhere i stopped i had crap blowing out of the truck i pull over at one stop got my truck situated went off barry's trip to garfield adds an approximate five miles each way to his morning trip and places Barry and his vehicle in the direction the helmet was discarded west from the bicycle. I got to give it up to him. He's got some he's got some pretty elaborate responses for every time that they talk to him. They interview him on March 5th, 2021. In this interview, Barry asked for immunity, asked not to get thrown in jail and said there was no evidence demonstrated how he placed his phone in airplane mode said Suzanne made him a monster and things just blew up and further explained the chipmunk and bull elk stories. So at approximately 6.07 in the morning, Special Agent Grusing and Special Agent Harris, they contacted Barry Morphew at the DSI facility, which is at 7625 West Highway 50 in Salida, Colorado. Agents had an appointment with Barry from the previous day to meet at 6 a.m. at his residence. However, 
Barry left his residence at about 5.40 in the morning and pulled into the DSI lot at approximately 6.05 in the morning. And Barry stated, yeah, I had a package at UPS I had to pick up. They closed at 6 and I had to get there at 6 to come back to the gym. I didn't lie to you. Special Agent Grusing said agents were working a homicide case and desired to work with Barry and clear him if possible. Barry says that's that should have been done months ago. Special Agent Grusing said that the FBI's job is to collect facts, review the warrants, and Barry was the main person to explain the facts. Barry was told his cooperation was voluntary and if he chose not to help explain the facts in the case, that was his decision. Barry continued, but everybody's got eyes on me. They see me talking to you. There's people seeing me talk to you right now. There's cameras right now and it's gonna get out. Special Agent Grusing told Barry that him talking to the FBI should appear normal to other people and help them calm down. And Special Agent Grusing, he also told Barry that Barry's explanation of going to Garfield helped explain the missing seven miles each way from his truck, something Joe did not know in July. Barry talked about how speaking with the CBI was bad for him because what he told them got out in public and Special Agent Grusing told Barry that he considers talking to agents as a bad thing. Barry was told what normally happens if a dad is missing a daughter or a husband missing a wife is that they knock on the FBI door all the time. I want to believe you want to help find my wife, find out what happened, but the things that you've told me has crushed me. It's crushed me and uh, I don't know. There's no way you guys can know how I feel. I went nine months thinking one thing and then all of a sudden you guys come to me and boom. My whole mindset is changed about the whole thing. I'm crushed. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't want, I can't leave my daughter. You guys throw me in jail. I've got a 17 year old that's on her own. You, you guys don't want that. Barry later stated, and I know there's no evidence on me because it doesn't exist. He added, I'm, I'm telling you that. Special Agent Grusing said things exist that are not explained and Barry can help with those. Barry said, you told me if I explain them to you that you would clear me publicly. Special Agent Grusing agreed. Barry added, because that's what I need because this whole world is freaking, they've trounced me. Special Agent Grusing told Barry that talking to agents is not a bad thing. Barry stated, it's not a bad thing for you. But if something happens and I say something wrong or I don't recall something that I told Joe this and I told you something else, boom, I'm done, I lie. Grusing told Barry that agents would tell him when his accounts to Joe differ from current statements. Barry said, you know, when I talked to Joe, I was frantic in my mind. I was out of my mind even being able to talk to him like I did. Barry said, you know, when I talked to Joe, I was frantic in my mind. I was out of my mind. Even being able to talk to him like I did blows my mind that I was able to do that because I was crushed and I just, and I gave you my gun. That's my chipmunk gun. They didn't even take it. Special Agent Grusing said the gun did not appear to have been fired in a long time. Barry said, yeah, it has, he added. I'm just telling you right now that if I was guilty, I wouldn't hand over weapons to you guys. Special Agent Grusing said Barry's movements that afternoon to include the truck door opening, him running from porch to porch, and Suzanne not answering texts from her lover looked different from investigators' perspective. And Barry says, I explained that. I mean, there's, I mean, you can ask anybody that knows me. I've, shh, I, I've killed 85 chipmunks at my house. That's all I do. I mean, I can't sit still. I'm a worker. I'm a busy bee. That's what I was doing that day. Mr. Grusing asked Barry for permission to ask another question about the chipmunk thing and Barry said, yeah. Grusing said, from 2.44 to 2.47 p.m., 
Barry is going to the porches. Barry said, mm-hmm. Special Agent Grusing said at 2.47, Barry's phone went into airplane mode. Grusing asked Barry if he placed the phone in airplane mode. Barry asked, I don't, where was? Was it on me or was it on the kitchen or what? Grusing said the phone movement was how agents knew Barry was moving around. Barry said, oh, because it was on me? Grusing said that in the past, Suzanne tried to track Barry's phone because she thought he was having an affair. And Barry said, mm-hmm. Special Agent Grusing said Suzanne told her friends and lover about her tracking him. Barry stated, well, she's told me that. I mean, she's tracked me everywhere I went. When Grusing and Barry, when Special Agent Grusing said Barry may have been placing his phone in airplane mode to keep from being tracked, he said, no, no, no. I don't recall turning my phone on airplane mode. I do not recall that. Special Agent Grusing further explained that Barry's phone went into airplane mode at 2.47 p.m. and came back out at 10.18 p.m. Adding that maybe Barry did it on accident, Barry looked at his hand as if he was holding his cell phone and said, yeah, it's the first thing that comes up when you hit settings and it would, if that happened, it was probably an accident. He added, I mean, I do not recall that. Special Agent Grusing told Barry that his truck doors were opening and closing as it backed into the middle of the drive. He said, I had junk in my trunk and I always have junk and I'm always taking something out, leaving my door open. I mean, I don't know, that's, that's the case, but that's what I did. Grusing said the truck doors to include passenger were opening and closing until 9.52 p.m. that Barry must have been loading a lot in his truck. Barry said to go to get ready for Broomsfield. Yeah, I was putting everything in my truck for Broomsfield. I was cleaning off my workbench for just because it was a wreck and I'm sure I was just loading for Broomfield. Now, Barry does admit on April 22nd of 2021 to the FBI that the tranquilizer was on the workbench and that it likely got thrown away in Broomfield. That's in reference to him cleaning off his workbench just because it was a wreck. Now, Special Agent Harris later explained the affair started because Susan needed someone to talk. Barry asked, was it an old boyfriend? At least tell me that. Grusing says he was not. Barry asked, they didn't know each other in high school? Grusing said Suzanne reached out to someone to talk to because Barry was working all the time. And Special Agent Harris said Barry was gone from Suzanne for two years in Indiana. Grusing said that for Suzanne, perception was reality. For instance, when Barry put a gun to his head, he was not physically abusing her, but she felt like he was. Barry said, mentally, emotionally, I know she said that. He adds, if I abused her in any way, it was emotionally. And I got angry at times, but it was just because she accused me of these things that just were not true. And I had no way to prove it to her. She had no evidence that I ever did anything with another woman, and I haven't. But I couldn't prove that. I mean, you think, 32 years of a lover, you could look them in the eyes and say, honey, I've never done that to you, and they would believe you but she didn't. And I think she took that mindset with her alcohol and her pills, her depression, her and her cancer, all of this. And I think she made this monster in her head and it just blew up. Grusing asked Barry about accounting for mileage when he saw the bull elk, whether he climbed or how he turned around. Barry said, no, I just turned around. When asked where Barry stated Garfield, probably the first place that I could turn left in. I just, I didn't go in and then turn around. I just backed in and went straight to Broomsfield. Barry said, and I had no idea and I should have told that to Joe. Then Special Agent Grusing interjected and said, Joe did not know that back then. Barry said, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't keep it from him 
It just didn't come in my head. Grusing told Barry he could not be a good dad for his girls because of the stress. He replied, and I'm not, and it's killing her. And I just wanna put it behind. I just wanna start new. I just wanna start over. I don't know how to. I loved or love Suzanne. I hate what she did to me. That breaks my heart, but I can't live like this. I can't go on like this. Special Agent Grusing said agents do not intend to investigate this indefinitely, but Barry is the best source of information versus other people who do not know. And Barry asked, and what about immunity? Can you give me immunity if I sit and just open my life to you? That's a strange question. Special Agent Grusing asked immunity for what? And Barry replied, I think in case somebody falsely convicts me or something, Grusing said, you won't be falsely convicted. Now let's be real, people have been falsely convicted. Only a fool would believe that statement from a detective. Barry was told if something bad happened, agents would argue to the DA that Suzanne had the affairs and talked about antagonizing him starting May 5th. Barry asked, she actually set a date? Barry was told it was that week. Barry asked, did she actually say to him that she wanted to leave me and be with him? Grusing confirmed and Barry replied, she actually said that? Grusing said agents could show him the text that she wanted to start a new life with him. Barry said he had to get to work and asked agents to check on his rifle scopes and tax paperwork whether they could be returned to him. Now, there's a second part to this March 5th interview. That last part was March 5th, where we talked about asking for immunity, asked not to get thrown in jail, said there was no evidence. That was March 5th, part one. This is March 5th, part two. In this interview, Barry asserted that Suzanne's phone should have been found, that he had an intuition about her affair, that he could not recall what he threw away on May 10th, though he was shown photos, and that Suzanne was drunk when he came home Saturday afternoon. Special Agent Grusing and Harris met with Barry at his Tailwinds worksite behind his condo in the afternoon of March 5th, 2021. When Barry is told that all of the people sent the Facebook request said it didn't seem like it was Suzanne sending them, then agents wonder if Suzanne was doing this just to make him mad. Barry said Suzanne has never done that in her life. When asked if Suzanne told him she befriended these people, he said no and then said, but I have her phone. She gave me full access to her phone. She gave me the passcode. I mean, do you guys have her phone? Do you have her phone? Now, it should be known that FBI agents they asked Barry about this statement later on, on April 22nd, 2021, and he said he did not have Suzanne's phone or passcode, just her iCloud password. So once again, contradicting himself. When agents tell Barry they don't have her phone, he says, nobody found her phone, and then I figured you guys had to have it. He then says, see, that's 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 really weird because i thought from day one you guys had the phone when barry was asked where he would look for the phone knowing where the bike and the helmet were he said in between barry talks about suzanne's affair possibly getting out on social media and if it does you know darn good and well what everybody is going to say i mean i don't know if you guys think it. Barry added, but they're like, oh, Barry found out she had a boyfriend and killed her. He continued, I mean, that's, that's what people say. And I'm, I'm hoping that you guys believe me that I didn't know that one bit until the day you guys came to my backyard. Agents talk about some things related to Suzanne's seven trips and her behavior in Mexico that likely made Barry suspicious, like when he wanted to see her phone because he was not a fool. Barry said, I had some intuition, but I would never think it was a physical thing. Now, Barry does refuse to tell agents in subsequent interviews how long he suspected Suzanne was having an affair. Barry was told that doesn't make him guilty of her disappearance. Barry does not 
protest that state. Barry is reminded of the argument that was recorded on the pen and Suzanne saying it was about money and asked what that was about. Barry said it was Suzanne's grandmother's money and explained that Barry and Suzanne had borrowed $100,000 from Suzanne's dad and that it caused family problems with Suzanne's brother. Barry said Suzanne wanted to pay it back with her grandmother's money, but Barry said he made a lot of money and he would pay it back. Barry was asked about his phone pinging down by the river during the Facebook post on Friday night and asked if he was outside. Barry said, I could have been, I don't remember. I chased critters around the house all the time. There's a bear that got in the garage. He completely destroyed my garage and I've been looking for him ever since he came in the garage. I wasn't going to shoot him, but I was going to scare him off and uh, coyotes are always outside. Barry was shown a map printout of Highway 50 near the Garfield area west of his Puma Path house and asked about where he turned around at Garfield when he left the house. He asks where his road is and is told that it is off the map. Barry said, I can't tell you exactly where I turned around, but it was probably the first road or drive going into Garfield. Barry said the reason he was watching where the elk go is because he hunts sheds and that while the bull didn't have its horns, it was a big bull and he figured that he could get its patterns when he could follow the pattern and find his horns. Barry talks about the county road where the helmet was found and said he was pretty sure he went past that one because he was still looking at the herd. Now, as Barry discussed watching the herd and its patterns and where he turned around, he was motioning several times back and forth with the pen from the road to the location of Garfield Mine on the map. He was shown a photo of the RTD stop and asked about it. Barry said he pulled over there to GPS the job site. There was a trash can right there and he just took stuff out of his truck. Barry said whatever he threw away was probably just sitting there on his seat. Barry said he couldn't tell agents what it was, but it wasn't worth anything. He said that it was just junk, probably wrappers and cans. Agents labeled this as trash run number one. Now he was shown satellite images of the south side of hotel where his truck was parked. And Barry said that he remembers why he was there. He said he was just waiting for someone to come out the door and go in and get a free breakfast. This was labeled as trash run number two. Barry was shown photos from video surveillance of him carrying things, including boots, into the hotel. Barry said he doesn't even remember carrying the boots into the hotel. Then Barry said he remembered that he took them into the hotel to take the laces out. Barry said the boots had holes in them, but he wanted to save the laces, so he took them in to take the laces out. Barry was asked about the blue item he was holding, and he said it looked like his swimsuit and asked if they got it from his truck. Barry was asked by agents if he remembers what was in the garbage bag, and he said it was probably his mail. He was asked about changing his shirts that day, and he said he did so because it was hot. He was shown photos from video surveillance and asked about his McDonald's trash run. He said that he was pushing it down because the trash was at the top and he was pushing it down so it would fit. He was then asked what the small item was that he was throwing away and he said he couldn't remember. Barry said he does this all the time and it is just him. He said, I, I know it looks bad and it probably looked bad to Joe, but there's nothing there. And this is labeled as trash run number three. Barry was shown a map of men's warehouse parking lot and that he stopped there. Agents asked if he took things to the dumpster there and he said, not to my knowledge. He was asked if he took things to a trash can and he replied, I could have. Barry was told he was there for about 40 minutes and asked if he remembered what he was doing there. He said, I think I was still cleaning my truck. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, I just, uh, I would, I was probably getting crap out of my truck, like I said, which I've done my whole entire life. This is labeled trash run number four. Now he's shown the photograph of the binder he is carrying into the hotel. 
He said it was papers related to the job so he could study and prepare for the job. And he was asked about changing from a black to a gray shirt. He said it was because gray would reflect the sun. And he says again that from what he has seen, Suzanne left and he wants to go to Mexico to find her, adding that Suzanne doesn't have to go through a border and wondered if she had $70,000. Grusing said if it wasn't Suzanne, the FBI would consider it. Barry said, but she turned into a different person. She was working out. She was, she was never this fit and this ballsy in her life. He said her mind was altered from drugs and alcohol, adding that substances alter people's mind and that he is positive Suzanne's mind was altered. Grusing asked if her mind was altered Saturday afternoon when he came home, referencing Barry's statement of her drunk eyes in the photograph. He said, I thought it was, but I thought this might be good because it might make for a better night if she's cutting the edge off with something. So I wasn't going to. Grusing says Barry wasn't going to fight her on it. And Barry says, so I wasn't opposed to that that day. And I surely wasn't going to bring it up. If I bring those things up, it just causes a fight. She'll start something, so just let it go. He's interviewed again on March 10th. This is part two. Not too sure about March 10th, part one. Uh, I'm not too sure why that's not in the affidavit. If you know why it's not in the affidavit, let me know in the comments. I would appreciate that. In this interview on March 10th, 2021, labeled part two, Barry said Suzanne might be in the river, described the Elks path across Highway 50, said if he disposed of her between Salida and Broomfield, agents would see evidence from his truck, discussed why one of the girl's bed sheets make him look bad, and that the tranquilizer dart evidence could be explained from him shooting two deer with a dart gun near his house. Barry meets with Special Agent Grusing and Harris at Fire Station 4, 2150 La Plata Street in Poncha Springs, Colorado. Once seated, Barry asked about his scope. Grusing replied that the scopes could be removed from the rifles, but if the agents can clear Barry, he could get everything back. Barry agreed to wait and said if he was guilty, he would not be talking to agents, adding, because I'm not stupid. He said he has answered every question and wants it to be over. He commented that agents sitting at his workplace makes him uncomfortable. Grusing said Barry does not return texts or calls, so agents wait until he appears ready because he appears too nervous to talk. Barry said, I think we've gotten through that, adding that he lost trust when Joe and Derek turned on me. Barry stated that Suzanne told Sheila about things that has pitted Sheila against me. He said he thought Sheila would counsel her that marriage is for life. Barry said he told Suzanne when they got married, it was for life, specifically saying to her, I'm a godly man and you better make sure that you want me because it's for life. He said, I don't understand. I mean, she's a good woman. You guys probably think she's a piece of crap. Grusing said, agents do not think that. And Barry said, she's as good as they come. I don't understand what got her to this point. And he said, he did not want to fight with Suzanne because of her cancer. The next night, it would be like nothing ever happened and she'd be wonderful, she'd make love. He added, we had a great night that Saturday before. We made love that night. There there was nothing that happened at 2.30. I mean, I looked back, nothing. We grilled, I grilled steak at probably five, six. We ate dinner, went to bed, we made love. He added, I always fall asleep right away because I'm dead tired from from work surely she stayed up but i don't know shaking his head i don't know if she stayed up or went somewhere and text or did something grusing asked where they had sex and buried answered in the bed in the master bedroom barry then referenced the second valentine's day in a row when suzanne met this guy when she said she was meeting her dad barry said he told suzanne honey honey unintelligible. I'm coming to Florida. Let's just spend a few days 
He said he went and they had an unbelievable time. We had sex three times a day. She was incredibly romantic with me. She gave me the most beautiful card that was heartfelt. Barry said Suzanne must not have been in her right mind to be in love with another man and treat Barry like she still loves him. Special Agent Harris told Barry that Suzanne's life with her lover appears to be more her true life than her life with Barry and that agents did not doubt they still had sex, but she was placating Barry. Barry was told Suzanne felt like she had to have sex with him at times. Grusing referenced her music, books, drinking IPAs, and the bike riding as being pieces of her new life with her lover, that he was encouraging her to find her true self and Suzanne was looking for a new life. Barry asked, so what's this guy's relationship with his wife? He asked if the lover's wife was ugly and Special Agent Grusing said she was not. Barry asked for more information about the lover and Grusing told Barry he was not cleared as a suspect and would have to be cleared before knowing such thing and getting guns back. Barry said, I would agree with that, but there's not one gun in that safe that's been fired for months. He added, the only thing I fired is my chipmunk gun and I guarantee you I fired that even after Suzanne went missing. Barry confirmed that was the gun he gave a grusing asked Barry when he thought it was okay to stop searching for Suzanne and he replied never grusing asked when Barry physically stopped searching for her he said I searched for three three to five months grusing asked Barry at what point he felt searching would do no good he said I felt like she was gone. I felt like somebody I really felt in my heart that somebody took her and left the area and then probably five months down the road i thought she's in the river grusing asbury what he did about searching difficult places like mine shaft he said we did we searched every mine shaft in this area grusing asked if vertical shafts were in the area and barry replied yeah there's one behind the house that's on the very top but it's plugged by a boulder they plugged it, it doesn't go, I mean it goes straight down and they plugged it. When asked if there were more, he added, there's another one but it's been blown up by the house. I don't know of anything open by the house. The ones in Garfield are open, the ones up to 40 are open. Grusing asked if search and rescue covered those and Barry said they did not search much past the first day or go across the highway. He continues, and I was certain that first day that a mountain lion got her, I was certain of it. I've been hunting that lion for two years. Barry said he tracked the lion six times and knows his habits, coming down the hill behind his house, up the road, across the bridge, across Highway 50, and east across the mountain. He added, I've seen him do it a hundred times. Grusing asked Barry if the lion was seen by the helmet and Barry replied he did not know. Barry said he was told there was no blood evidence at the scene, but he and George said too many vehicles drove through it. Grusing asked how far the lion could carry Suzanne and Barry replied to the top to the very top. He said that is the first place he looked because he has seen TV shows where lions dragged people up a mountain. Grusing asked Barry how a lion would eat a person and he replied, lions go for the neck. When asked if the lions completely eat a person, Barry replied, he's not gonna eat her clothes. When a lion eats a deer, he's gonna, unintelligible, the fur. And he added, her clothing should have been found. Grusin discussed the initial response and lack of information law enforcement possessed. Barry was asked what he presently thinks happened to Suzanne and he said, I think she left. He added the money is gone and he thinks she left and something went wrong. Barry said she would not leave her girls. Grusing asked Barry where Suzanne would go if not to her lover. Barry said she would be the kind of person that would say, I'm just going to disappear and see what happens and then try to start my life. He continues, there's no way she cares more about this guy 
than about her girls. And he continues, I just have no clue. I thought she was in the river. He said, search and rescue assured him she was not there after they used poke sticks. And he stated, at the end of summer, I'm like, what if she's there the whole time? What if she is there? He talked about using an excavator from work and tearing up a beaver dam, but needing a 240 or 320 size excavator because of the hundreds of trees. Barry asked, could she be right there right now? Absolutely. I don't understand why they spent $140,000 digging up my job site if they would have put that money in the river, cleaning it and making sure the body's not there. That would have been put to good use. He continued that the neighbor who heard the machine was 90 years old and senile and the contractor who worked at the job site asserted no work was done recently where the dig occurred. He said the media got a hold of that and everybody jumped on, beating the freaking crap out of him. Grusing asked Barry if after he looked at the bull elk, he continued past the exit to 285 to Denver or continued on Highway 50 into town. Barry said, no, I went straight there. When asked how long he watched the bull elk and if it was walking along the highway, Barry said, no, they crossed. I was trying to see where they were going up the mountain because that's where I was going to look for his horns because they do the same things. They're going to drop their horns in the same pattern. He added, they had already crossed. They were in the road when I stopped in the road. Before I got to 50, they were in the road crossing. And then they crossed the road. And by the time I get up there, they're already crossing the mountain. I mean, I don't stop on 50. I keep going. I'm just watching to see where they're going. I get to Garfield, turn around, go right to 285. Now, investigators have driven from the intersection of Highway 225 and Highway 50 to Garfield, a distance of 2.73 miles, an impossible distance to see an elk at or around 4.32 a.m. and follow it in a short period of time. Barry had about 30 minutes to head that way, turn around, and head back towards Highway 285. Barry's truck was seen passing video surveillance on Highway 50 right near the junction with Highway 285 and then again just north on Highway 285 at around 514 and 516 in the morning. So he had time to go that way. Barry continued, and the thing about it is, if I had anything to do with this at all, there would be, there would be evidence of me and my truck doing something with her between Salida and Broomsfield. Now, the evidence of Suzanne's bicycle disposal and helmet occurred near Maysville and Garfield, areas Barry passed before he reached Salida that morning. Now, Barry added, and yeah, if, and if I, if I had her and took her to Broomsfield and disposed of her somewhere between there, you guys would see that with my computer. You see where I stopped. I told Joe every stop I made, and I know for a fact it, it had to line up with my computer. If you guys are that good at forensic, it had to line up. Now, Grusing told Barry that agents could not see every location point when he was in the mountains, which is why the bull elk story made sense. Barry said, yeah, <clears throat> I know that you had my truck for several days. I know that you had my house. I know that you had her car. And there's just no possible way that you found any evidence in any of that because it doesn't exist. He added, I know that you took my bed sheets. I know. I didn't even know until after the fact that Mallory's sheets were off her bed upstairs. I mean, what a coincidence. Her sheets are off her bed, and then all of a sudden, it's like that's where he did it, and the sheets are gone. He washed them, blah, blah, blah. I had no idea they were off. Suzanne was obviously washing the sheets because now this is where he kind of messes up. He's trying to say Mallory and her boyfriend are staying over, and he accidentally says uh, Mallory and Suzanne or boyfriend and Suzanne. I don't quite know the boyfriend's name, but he's talking about the two in this particular 
sentence because he was coming back. And he says, and they were gonna stay there that night and Suzanne's taking sheets off and washing, getting things ready because the two of them, her, Mallory and her boyfriend were coming back. And as you can see, this is her boyfriend right here on the screen. Special Agent Grusing asked if Mallory's boyfriend was gonna stay there and Barry said, yeah, they always, they always sleep together. Yeah, they always sleep together. Barry continued, so I didn't even know that those sheets were off the bed, but boom, that makes me look bad. And I was not even aware of it, but I guarantee you that there's no evidence on those sheets wherever they're at. I don't know if you can have evidence when you wash them or not. I've never done your job, but there, I know for a fact that you guys have found no evidence on me doing any of this. It just doesn't exist. That's why I just don't understand how can it go nine months. Grusing said the odd thing about the sheets and the house was that a tranquilizer dart had been fired in or around the house. Barry replies, and I, I have shot, and again, I have told you, I don't want to get in trouble with the DNR. Grusing inserted, he was not. Barry continued, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I've shot two deer with my trank gun because I used to raise deer and I collect horns, and I'll tell you exactly what I did. He continued, they're in the yard, they're in the yard, I shoot them, they go to sleep, I cut their horns off and I wake them up and they go off with no horns on their head and I cut their horn. Grusing said Barry's friends in Indiana talked about that and he replied and it's totally illegal and so I'm not going to share that with the DNR the way they are and he exhales, they come arrest me. So. Things like that in my head, what should I say? And nobody even asked me about that trank dart, but you're gonna find trank darts around my property because I've done that. Grusing asked Barry when he last did that and he shook his head and replied, I don't recall, but it would be when deer had antlers and that's usually until late April. Grusing said that made sense because investigators could not explain a tranquilizer dart. Barry said, I'm just telling you right now, I'm a redneck. And I'm the first thing I thought of when I came here and saw a deer in my yard with big horns. I'm like, I'm getting them horns. Not going to kill it, not going to poach it, but I guarantee if DNR knew I did that, they'd slap my wrist pretty hard. Grusing said agents are not here for those reasons. Barry said, I know, and that's why I'm sharing this with you. I'm just being open with you. I obviously, things line up against me coincidentally, or for some reason, I mean, I look back and see some things that happened and like, gosh, that makes me look, that makes me, why would God allow that, those things in the situation to make me look like the sheets, the bed, un, unmade, the Grusing then asked why those things made Barry look bad. And he said, Grusing asked why those things made Barry look bad. And he said, because it looks like if I did something and ripped the sheet and got blood on them and ripped them off and washed them, to me, looking at it through a detective's eyes, that would look a little suspicious. Barry continued, so obviously I didn't. And just little things like that, I'm like, that's and just like throwing my crap away. I've done that my whole entire life. And I told Joe, I said I was in a hurry. I was gonna put it in a dumpster. And I think the dumpster, you know, bulging anyway. But I had all this freaking crap in my truck and I've done that my whole life. I see a trash can, I pull over, I throw something out. I've done it my whole life. He continues, so whatever we have to do to get this over, I need it over. For me, I'm just, I need to move on, move forward somehow. Of course, what you told me about the affair broke me. I'm still broken about it. I will probably never get over that. But the good thing about that is it would allow me to move on, knowing if what you're saying is true, even if she comes back or even if we find her alive, she doesn't want me anymore anyway. So why should I put this, all of this, all of, so why should I put this, all of this, all of my heart and my love into this relationship if she doesn't want me anymore? Barry continued, I can't go on like this. This is no way to live. It's not fair to my daughters that I'd be so upset, but 
you want to talk about the relationship, which I think is where we were when we left. I'll answer anything about Suzanne and I, but obviously she had two different worlds. I just can't believe what she's telling this guy and I can't believe what she's telling her friends and her family. Singh read the text of Barry's response on May 6th saying Barry was, sorry things went the way they did, asking what he meant by the way they did. Barry said, I don't recall that. And I just, I know there was a terrible text by, and I told Joe about that. Grusing said this was Wednesday and Barry said, yeah, I thought it was Friday when I talked to Joe. I, I thought this happened Friday. So agent Harris asked if Barry knew what the fight was about. And he said, she was accusing me of having an affair and she accused me of having cameras in the house watching her every move. Grusing asked if Barry had functioning game cameras. He said, I had game cameras. I think all of them were in the safe. They took them all. I, the game cameras I had outside, sometimes I put them in, sometimes I put them by the drive just to see if somebody's coming in and out when I'm done. But most of the time, I'm trying to get a picture of a deer, an elk, or a bear. But I had no cameras in the house. I've never used a camera in the house, and she was just absolutely sure that I had cameras in the house. Barry said he monitored the cameras with a little SD card that he could put into a computer. He added, yeah, and um, even the outside cameras she thought that, oh, you're watching or your girlfriend is watching you on the outside cameras. I said, honey, the outside cameras don't even work. And, but she was just certain that if like I was outside with her and doing something in the yard, she would say, I know she's watching you just stupid stuff. And I'm like, that's why these the only reason that these fights happen is because she's accusing me and I never understood them until now. She's accusing me because she wants to justify her relationship. Grusing said Suzanne's affair did not start until 2018 and she suspected he was having an affair while they were in Indiana. Barry said it goes way back, but it had never gotten to this point where she was just, it's almost like before when she said it, she wanted me to admit it and be done with it. Barry continued, and now it's like, shh, I don't care. I got somebody. I don't care. That was her attitude. Grusing said on May 6th, Suzanne wrote in her notes that Barry accused her of having a boyfriend and other things. And after confirming that one of her medications, th that it was actually one of her medications, Barry said, and I told you why I did that. I did that to make her to feel what it's like to be accused because I didn't believe she had a boyfriend. I mean, I've told you guys that since day one. You surprised the heck out of me telling me that she's having an affair. If you would have said she's texting somebody and having an emotional conversation affair, maybe I could have. But physical, she loves the Lord. She knows God's words. We, I mean, we got to answer to the Lord when we do something like that. And I, it cuts off right there. But in April of 2021, with the interviews with the FBI later on, a few months later on, Barry asserted he did not suspect an emotional affair. Though he admitted to agents in February and March interviews, he suspected such going back to 2019. So a little contradiction there to his own self in that because he says maybe having enough an emotional affair, maybe I could have believed that, but physical that he didn't believe that. And so he says that, you know, later on, he says he did not suspect an emotional affair, though he admitted to agents in February and March interviews, he suspected such going back to 2019. So again, little changing of his statement there. Now, Special Agent Grusing interrupted with Barry's earlier reference to King David's affair. Barry was told that agents see bad things about people in investigations like this all the time, adding this was an intimate partner investigation from the beginning. Barry talked about a couple from their church whom they grew up with and the wife went off with another man destroying the family. And Barry says, the thing about Suzanne is, I wouldn't think 
think that she could ever destroy her family because we were such a close, we were very close, all four of us. That's why I'm like, there's, I mean, Suzanne couldn't do this. Just knowing who she is, knowing our love story. Barry talked about meeting Suzanne, talking all night, falling in love and having children. He spoke of the 2013 incident when Suzanne almost died from cleaning the shower with bleach and peroxide and the fumes interacted with the chemo and put her mind into an anxiety mode. Barry said he was a workaholic and a huntaholic and cheated her out of what a woman needs emotionally. He said he was never home and worked daylight until dark going selfishly hunting. Don't forget the workouts he did quite a bit. Barry added, she's the love of my life. She'll always be the love of my life. I've forgiven her for what she's done to me. Barry added, but I don't know if I could ever be with her again if she comes back and I'm justified not to through this. He said he has to trust God because God knows more than us and I can be angry with God and say, you can't take my wife, you can't take their mother. Special Agent Harris said Suzanne wrote in her notes she talked to Barry about divorce as early as 2019 and he says, I don't recall ever talking about divorce. I recalled her mention it in a fight but when we are both sober and sitting down and having a heart-to-heart -heart talk, I don't ever recall her telling me that she wants a divorce, ever. Special Agent Harris explained that in 2019, Suzanne said Barry won't hear talk about divorce. He asked, Barry asked, to whom Suzanne told that an agent said it was a friend. Special Agent Harris said she brought up the topic and said Barry won't ever hear it. Barry said, and I wouldn't. I mean, if she said, hey, we're gonna have to talk about this tonight, which she never did, I would say I'm not discussing this cause it's never gonna happen. Grusing asked if Barry or Suzanne discussed things with the girls, Barry said, absolutely not. Grusing also asked if the girls ever saw them fighting. Barry said, there's a couple times where they saw us fighting, but it was about the other woman thing is when I was just fed up. And I'm like, one day I was like, they were both upstairs and I said, girls, get down here. We got to have a talk. Your mom thinks I have a girlfriend. I don't. I don't know what to do. And I drugged them into it. And it was the worst thing I ever did because Suzanne, she didn't appreciate that bringing them into that. And, uh, but I was just, I was desperate. I needed help. I needed somebody on my side and I drugged them into it. And it was a bad thing to do. And she never forgave me for that. Special Agent Harris said Barry did not want to hear about divorce. Suzanne was talking about civil separation. Barry said none of that, none of that. I didn't take any of that with a grain of salt that day when she said that. There's no way I, in my mind, thought that she would sit down and say, I want a divorce. That statement right there was in the middle of angry outbursts via text. And I never understood it. Now I do. But then I blamed it on alcohol or drugs or something in her system. And he continues and says, because she would have these outbursts and I would come home and it was like nothing ever happened. It was like two different people. So I understand, and I told this to Joe from the beginning, this looks bad. When we had this fight, I thought it was Friday. That's another thing that I said that coincidentally looks bad, but that had nothing to do with anything. I mean, Grusing showed Barry deleted calls from his phone on May 4th asking if he remembers why he deleted them. And Barry said, no, I don't recall deleting any calls. The only thing I deleted was text because I don't want the girls to see them, but I don't recall deleting calls. Special Agent Grusing showed deletions of calls to Dan Monet, Collegiate Peaks Bank, and others. And Barry said, no idea, don't recall deleting them. If I did, it was just to clean things up. But Special Agent Grusing said, agents are available whenever to meet with Barry. Barry says, well, I'm in a situation where I feel like I've looked bad because I've not reached out to you guys, but I've not reached out because of what everybody else is telling me. And he asked if the FBI was having the sheriff keep tabs on him because it seems to Barry that the sheriff drives by 
when agents are in town. Grusing said agents do not tell the sheriff what to do. Grusing showed Barry a document with three calls from him to Gene Mormon on May 8th and 9th, explaining those were the only calls to Gene in Barry's phone log. Barry said, Gene and I would always talk. Special Agent Grusing replied, these were the only calls to his phone. He replied, to Gene? Well, Gene and I talked quite a bit. Well, here's the deal. Usually it's him calling me. Agents explained the last call happened on the way back from Moonlight Pizza on Friday, May 8th. Barry said he thinks that call was him telling Gene to tell his son that all the money was paid. Special Agent Grusing placed a page documenting Barry's use of airplane mode on his phone in April and May 2020, saying agents thought he was keeping Suzanne from seeing where he was and it did not appear accidental. Barry asked that something couldn't quite understand and Grusing said it was a record of his use in 2020 since April 15th. Barry said, oh, you're talking about not that day. You're talking about, yeah, yeah, I did that to let her not because she tracks me everywhere I go. Now, we're going to talk about the at the end of this affidavit, we're going to talk about in relation to that comment where I'll share with you the attachment to that. Special Agent Grusing asked, what events made Barry decide to turn it on and off? He said, just not that I'm doing anything wrong, but just to try to get her to say, oh, I couldn't track you, or just shook his head side to side, eye. And then he adds, well, she would show up at my job sites in a rage thinking that I was having sex with one of my clients. He clarified that incident occurred in Indiana, saying it made him look bad in front of his clients. Barry said, I know for a fact that if you guys could find out what she did, there's no doubt in my mind you could have found out if I had a girlfriend. True? Nobody, right? I have to agree with him on this statement. I would think someone would be saying something. If he had a girlfriend, someone would come out and talk. That's my thought. Grusing said he did not bring the photos of the sex site searches that Suzanne was supposedly framing him on. Barry said, I never went to a site, a P-O-R-N site. I'm, I'm against watching P-O-R-N, say that word. I do not, I do not watch P-O-R-N. Have I looked at a naked woman on one of those sites? I have before. But if there was ever a site that was for searching, that was searching for a woman, it was not me. Barry says, I've never even inappropriately texted another woman since I've been married. Probably since I've been in love. He said there is no proof out there he did so. Barry said he can see agents are genuine and honest and he appreciates the work for him. He added, and I just would beg whatever you could do to clear me. Special Agent Grusing said agents want to clear him and find Suzanne. Barry was told that the FBI researched Suzanne as if she was a wanted fugitive to include facial recognition and have not found Suzanne. Barry said, I just think if something happened and she left, that something went wrong. And how could we know that? Grusing talked about the difference between a fugitive trying to disappear from someone with Suzanne's lifestyle disappearing. Barry asked, is suicide and uh, would that be? Grusing said investigators believe her body is close to where the bike and helmet are. Barry said, Joe, Joe said that you had planes that could detect disturbed soil. I mean, didn't they do that? Grusing said the mountainous and rocky terrain makes that method difficult. Grusing talked about mine shafts and Barry shifted in his chair. The possibility was posed to Barry that she could not be seen in one of those, also considering the staging of the bike and helmet. Barry said, if that is the case, then why wouldn't we have as many thousands of agents as they've said has been on the, this case? Why don't we have thousands of people doing a grid search, looking for any, anything that could be a dig site, a bury site? a piece of clothing. Barry posed scenarios of a drifter taking Suzanne or a hit and run. 
He continued, that's a scenario that's possible. What if a lion grabbed her, took her up? I don't think, I've never heard of a lion consuming a whole human body. Maybe it happened, I don't know. But the lion's not gonna eat the clothes, so those would should be found if it was a lion. Barry agreed to meet again to finish answering questions for the case audit. That wraps up that part of the interview. We will continue on to part 6C, where he continues his interview with the FBI. Make sure you smash that subscribe button. That way you get notified when I upload more of this case against Barry Morphew content. Because at the end of the day, we want justice for Suzanne. And if Barry's innocent, we want that to be seen too. We don't want to see the wrong person get convicted. But right now, all roads lead to you gotta know something because there are some things that don't add up. I'm still not seeing where he's guilty. I'm not feeling it in here, but for the district attorney to sign off on a warrant for his arrest, hmm, that leaves reason to believe there is some evidence that does point to him, but then he's granted bail. So if the evidence was super strong, would he be granted bail? I'm Manny Rodriguez. This is Deep True Crime, and thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to serving you again. Peace.